Meet Yelp for Restaurants. Not the software company, but the people who love restaurants so much they formed a team dedicated to our industry. Before Catherine joined the customer success team, she managed the modern in New York. Yeah, that modern. Before Julia joined the team, she worked at Oshaval in Chicago for half a decade. Yelp is for restaurants because our people are restaurant people. Meet the new Yelp at restaurants.yelp.com forward slash podcast. Now here we go. I just learned that if I'm in my business and I care about my business and I'm working on my craft and I'm with my team and I'm there and I'm looking and I'm feeling and I'm tasting, that's like 99% of it. Welcome to Full Comp, a show offering insight into the hospitality industry, featuring restaurateurs, thought leaders, and innovators, served up on the house. Hey, it's Josh. Do you want to spend 60 minutes planning out a profitable 2022 with me? Just you and me, on Zoom, camera on, pen and paper out, getting you super clear on exactly what your goals are and how you're going to achieve them. It's free, even though the call is worth like a gazillion dollars. Go to planwithjosh.com to book that call with me. That's planwithjosh.com to book a one-hour strategy session to make sure that 2022 is your most profitable year yet. Here's the thing. Jerks don't know they're jerks. Jerks think everyone they're surrounded by is a jerk. So how would you even know? What if you are a jerk? Or what's worse, what if you found out that you were a jerk? Today we speak with Mindy Siegel, James Beard Award winner and successful restaurateur about her own personal revelations and the massive impact it's had on her life, her business, and her team. Well, it all started out as a very overprivileged white Jewish girl from the North Shore of Chicago. (laughs) Love it. Um, I grew up in a very privileged world and my parents were wonderful and I had a great life and I just decided that I was going to be the worst fucking kid possible, (laughs) 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 which I was. And I was grounded a lot, but my mother was like, you can work when you're grounded. And I was like, okay. So I started washing dishes for people and their homes. And, you know, I just realized I really like cooking. I like being around food. And, you know, I really taught myself how to cook and I taught myself how to bake. And the interesting thing is, is that I am highly dyslexic. Numbers and words are really hard for me, but I'm a visual human. So I learned early on that I could look at a picture and I could recreate it with my hands and my brain and use deductive reasoning to figure shit out. And I just got really good at baking. So I went to culinary school, worked throughout culinary school, savory. And one day I discovered the pastry kitchen and I was just like, yeah, this is for me. And the reason why it's for me is because people say it's so chemically, like you got to follow rules, you got to do this. And I was just like, fuck that shit. I'm going to create pastries in my brain and in my gut. And I'm going to follow instinct as opposed to rules and basically taught my how to self-bake that way and found out I was pretty good at it, I guess, which is great because like I suck at everything else. (laughs) I suck at marriage. I suck at cleaning. I suck at organizing. I'm just like, I suck at everything else. 
So I just started baking and cooking and working with some good people, working with some bad people, figuring out what I liked, what I didn't like. And I opened a restaurant called Hot Chocolate. No, not Hot Chocolate. MK with Michael Kornick in Chicago. And I knew that I really wanted to have my own place. So I found a location and sort of incorporated, funny enough, behind my parents' back. I remember after I like started taking money and signing the lease, maybe I should tell my parents I'm going to leave my cushy job and I'm going to throw myself out there in the world and see what comes up. And they helped me and I opened Hot Chocolate. And I got to tell you, and I know you would, you will so understand this. I, you know, I'm a pastry chef. So like, what the fuck did I know about opening up a restaurant? <laughs> but I opened up a restaurant from the perspective of a pastry chef and my sous chef was a pastry chef and we did the savory food. And the day I opened my doors, I did not talk for six months. I was so overwhelmed with just everything about it. And it's just like, well, that sucks. And yeah, I suck. And yeah, I don't know what I'm doing. And yeah, I don't know how to put a dessert together after all these years. And yeah, 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 yeah. All this shit. And it took me a really, really long time to get comfortable in my own skin as a owner, a chef, a leader, made a lot of mistakes. Talk to me about the learning curve, though, because for folks that don't know, the run on that restaurant was 15 years. Yeah. Dog years are like restaurant years. You basically ran the thing for about 160 years. It's an absolutely incredible run. And so understanding that in those early days, in those first few years, the iterations and your ability to learn, and not only learn, but execute on what you learned. I mean, the iterations had to be rapid, right? Talk to me about that. I can just tell you that I'm going to go forward, then I'm going to go backwards. Do it. Because I think this is so important. The one thing that I think was the most important thing that I learned was how to treat people and how to appreciate my staff and to help my staff understand the importance of their role in the company. And I say that because you open this place, all you really know is basically kind of how to read a P&L statement and you kind of know like the business and you kind of know how to work with front of the house people, but it's different when it's yours and it's also can make you so angry when people don't do what they're supposed to do. and. It's like, I don't know. It's so hard because it's like so encompassing letting go and like releasing yourself of the toxins of your previous upbringing in the industry and to change your mindset and to not let shit bother you. I mean, am I making sense? You are. I Absolutely you are. I have no idea where I'm going with this. Let me help. What it seems like you're talking about is you're talking about this overall evolution that you were in the early days, you were one kind of owner operator and you evolved to be, right? I was working on my craft as I was opening a restaurant. And it's like, I was the biggest fucking asshole on the planet. And not only was I the biggest fucking asshole on the planet, but I was also unstable. That is a recipe for disaster. I was beginning to create this energy and this 
reputation of being exactly that, like a total fucking idiot. And I had a lot of people that worked for me that were really talented. And while I helped them with their career, I also tainted their view on the industry. I mean, I don't know if I'm ever going to be able to atone for my sins for what I've done and how I've treated people. Obviously, it was coming from a good place, but I look at myself then and I look at myself now and I don't know who that person was. I don't know who that was. And I don't know how I deserved to get the recognition that I got for my work because I was such an asshole. And it's like, yeah, I got a beard award and, you know, I had all these employees and yeah, I was successful, but like, was I really successful? No, I wasn't because I was miserable. I was angry. I was condescending. I was not good to people. And when I decided that I wanted to close hot chocolate and just have a bakery and focus on my edible company and those kind of things that things that brought me joy and realizing that I could focus on joy as opposed to the climb. Does that make sense? Because I realized like the only person that I have to prove myself worth to is me. I don't need to prove it to some 20 year old person that's blogging about food or some person who doesn't know anything about food, writing about food and telling me how my food is. Like, I just don't need to prove that to anybody anymore. I just need to be great at what I do. And being great at what I do doesn't mean that I know how to make a chocolate chip cookie. Being great at what I do is treating people with respect, my customers, my employees, empowering them to feel good about what they're doing, helping them reach their goals, providing a safe environment for people to feel great about what they do. And my life has shifted and changed. When did that happen? What was the precursor to that happening? Well, I got divorced and I wasn't in a toxic relationship anymore with my ex-husband. That's a major, major, major sort of revelation for me. My father died. That was a big one because I was very, very close with him. I found my half-sister. I'm just being honest with you, okay? I found my half-sister, which is someone I was looking for my entire life. And I made the decision to close Hot Chocolate, which was a huge decision for me. And the pandemic, I think, happened. And I realized that I was done competing. I was done thinking that my industry was an industry of celebrities and that we're not celebrities. We're business owners. We're craftsmen. And recognition for your work gets clouded when you think it's why you're doing it. And that's a big, important thing. It's like, yeah, I'm good at what I do, but there's 30 million other people out there that are great at what they do too. So it's like, let's celebrate everybody. Let's celebrate our craft. Let's not celebrate individuals. Let's celebrate what we do. And let's support each other, lift each other. And once you let go of all that crap in your life, I got to tell you, man, the floodgates open. I mean, I got to tell you, forgiving and forgetting and letting go. And you know what? Yeah, I was a total fucking asshole. Yeah, I was. Yeah, you're right. I was a piece of shit. Yeah, I treated you like garbage. Yeah, I did. I'm sorry. I did. But I'm a really good person now. And I recognize what I've done. And I'm going to move on. And I'm not going to sit in the past. Because sitting in the past is really unhealthy. I mean, I live every day now. It's a new day, a new chance to be a better person. Well, so let's talk about the present. And so 
What does Mindy's Bakery represent to you? If hot chocolate was this bastion of the past, old ways of doing business, old ways of thinking, what does Mindy's Bakery represent in your mind? Okay, I'll tell you. Can I read you something? Yes, you okay. can. It's going to take me a second. So I wrote this down July 16th, 2018. Okay. I had a therapist once that told me you should write down your values and like your goals and stuff and you should keep them in your notes so that one day when you're feeling bad or you're feeling frustrated or you're feeling like you're in a dead end situation, you should read it. So I think it keeps you going and it keeps you motivated. So I'm a really big proponent of this. And so like when I decided that I was going to open up hot chocolate, or the bakery, Mindy's Bakery, because I wanted to separate the name from, I wanted to do a whole new thing. And what is a bakery? What do you think of when you think of a bakery? You know, you think of so many different things and it's like an American bakery. It fills the neighborhood with scents of yeast, sugar, flour, and coffee, right? Totally. It's a neighborhood. It's a community. It's Eastern European, French, and Italian, Middle Eastern influences. It's a melting pot. It's a place to fill your soul with nourishment, joy, and comfort. So it's like in these traditions and in this core value is how we live the bakery every single day. There's something to be said about coming to work while you're sleeping. And then I'm baking you fresh, beautiful pastry that's warm and sitting in a window for you to choose to take home when you wake up. That's why I do what I do. I do this because I want to delight you for your soul and I want to make you happy through my food. And I want to do it that it's fresh every single day. So like our bakery, it's like there's nothing set. There's no refrigeration. Everything comes out of the oven. We do two bakes a day. When it's done, it's done. And that's it. And it's all fresh pastry, all baked pastry, all dough-related pastry. There's no shtick. It's like, it's real authentic. When you talk, what I hear is that it's this gradual paring down, right? That you have simplified your life. I can't stand, I'm going to say this, and I'm going to say this over and over again, and you're going to totally appreciate it, I think. I'm just so sick and tired of the nonsense. I'm so sick and tired of the rat race. I'm so sick and tired of thinking I have to be better than the next person. I have to be better, better, better. I have to be always this. I have to be always that. I always have this, this, this. So you like my branding was done by one of my best friends. I don't want any branding. I don't want my Instagram page to make someone feel like some company was doing it. I do it. We do it. I never want to evolve into something that I can't be a part of every single day. To me, it's more important to be in my space than it is for me to be on a plane doing some festival somewhere with other chefs who think that they're really cool. I don't want to do that. I don't want to be that. I don't want to have to worry about anything other than what we do. That's me. And I'm curious to know what you learned. So we set out with these intentions, right? It's really no different than having a child. You have this child, you have this intention of what you want it to be in the world. And then one day that child turns around, slaps you in the face and says, this is what I am. Because So much of, I think, what we do for a living is informed by not just the people that patronize the establishment, but the people that work there as well. And so I'm curious to know, as you opened Mindy's Bakery, what did you learn? What did you learn about yourself? What did you learn about this new concept? Because Lord knows, when you open your second, your third, your fourth, you walk into it every time saying, 
I'm going to do it right this time. I'm doing everything right. I'm doing it differently. I'm taking all of these lessons I learned. And this one is going to be seamless. And then you open. <laughs> yeah. So what did you learn? Well, I have learned that nothing is seamless and that you're going to have obstacles and you're going to make mistakes and you're going to make a mistake that you've made a hundred times and that that's okay because that's awesome knowing that this is going to happen and that in the end, based on your knowledge and your experience, you're going to be able to handle it better every single time. And so if there's one thing that I've learned, I've learned experience and I've learned patience and I've learned understanding. We're not even in new space yet. So it's still being built. And I know we're going to go into this new space that I spent all this money on and all these ovens and all this stuff to streamline what we do. And we're going to be miserable. (laughs) (laughs) And it's just like, you know, I wanted it to be so nice. (laughs) I know that it's not going to be. I just know it's not. My expectations are so low and so high at the same time. I just don't let anything bother me. I'm sure you understand this, that too. It's like, you can't let anything bother you. It's this eternal optimism paired with this eternal pessimism, right? With a little bit of realism mixed in. Yeah, I was just going to say, that's awesome. That's a great line, by the way. I'm, <laughs> I'm totally stealing that line. Do it. <laughs> but yeah, I do think, and I've always felt this way, which is, I love these like huge restaurant companies that open, like shit out these $4 million kitchens and restaurants and design, 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 and You walk in and they're so underwhelming and they're so mediocre. I just learned that if I'm in my business and I care about my business and I'm working on my craft and I'm with my team and I'm there and I'm looking and I'm feeling and I'm tasting, that's like 99% of it. I can only do what I can do. And that's another thing is that I've decided that I can't help the world and I can't change the world. But what I can do is change the world for my 12 employees and I can help them and empower them and to help them. And I can do my part slowly one step at a time. Something you've got, whether you realize it or not, and I can't imagine that you don't, but you've got this eye for product market fit, right? You have lines out the door. Like everybody wants lines out the door. Everybody opens to have lines out the door. And like, this is something that you've been able to like achieve and maintain for a really long time. And I'm curious to know, how do you figure that out? How do you figure out that what you have is exactly what this neighborhood wants? And so if I put it in this location, it'll work. I'm super humble and I'm super grateful. And I don't take it lightly, A. And B, I don't cook for myself. I cook for people. So I'm not giving you something that you're going to scratch your head and wonder what the fuck you're putting into your mouth. I'm pretty straightforward. I know you don't know me that well, but like basically what you see is what you get. I'm not afraid to just be me. So I think that those are recipes for success. Just be yourself, be authentic. Just be yourself, be authentic. I mean, it's a business, it's a bakery. We're just baking. We're just baking good stuff, people. Sometimes they're going to be better than others. I think if you just accept yourself, A couple of years ago, I passed out in my backyard and I like ripped my chin open. I was in the hospital for four days, 50 stitches in my chin. I have this huge gash, 
huge scar. And I'm just like, uh, <laughs> this is what I have to work with. Oh, well, <laughs> you know, makes me me. You know what I mean? You just have to be able to roll with it. Let me ask you about something else. So when you open a new bakery, you do it in really interesting times, right? Because we can look at the direct consumer model that like Milk Bar has executed. Granted, they have brick and mortar locations, but you could have gone about it a bunch of different ways, just based off your reputation, right? Your online presence. You didn't have to open a real brick and mortar. You could have just opened a commissary and shipped out nationwide. Oh, hell no. Hell no. <laughs> and I will tell you, I was going to do that. And last year when we were looking at locations, we were looking at 7,000 square feet and we were looking at all these boat trust buildings and these huge spaces. And, uh, uh, and it's like, I have one wholesale account. It's a big one. So I don't really need any more. And I woke up one morning and I had this like epiphany. And I was like, I just want to open up a retail, a boutique retail bakery with just great stuff. And what we make is what we make. And we make it when we make it. And we make it on our own terms. And that's a good formula for me. I can't say that's for everybody. But like for me, I just want to bake for the neighborhood. And I just want to call it a day. I just want to be at peace with myself and my food and the money that's coming in. And that's it. The only person that knows what I need to do is me. Let's talk about New Frontiers. You got in really early on cannabis. So talk to me about Mindy's chef-led artisanal edibles. Tell me about how it began, what the deal looks like, why you chose to get into it, how it's been going. So when Illinois became medical, I knew that people were going to approach me, or at least I was hoping people would. And I got the phone call from a very big company that was just starting out, Fresco. And they were like, hey, you want to develop a line of edibles? And I was like, well, you know, I mean, we met with them a couple of times and talked to my family about it. And back then it was like pretty, you know, it wasn't. It was. Yeah. Which is why I asked, because I mean, you were super early in an industry that is still early. I wanted to be a trailblazer. Yeah. <laughs> I wanted to do something in my career that would forever change the industry. I kind of felt it in my body that I needed to do this. So I did. And it was great. I literally, we started from zero, ground zero. And we developed this brand. And as we started developing it, and as Cresco started becoming more successful, more people came on, more people started helping, more people started producing. And I work with this wonderful company that is huge, that believes in me and helps me have an edible brand. And it's just really, really, really wild ride. And for a lot of reasons, I've never partnered with a corporate company before. And that was interesting. Media training and shutting my mouth sometimes. This <laughs> <laughs> is so hard for me to do. Be me, but don't be me. Have somebody else tell me what I should be doing. You know, at the end of the day, look what I've created or I've been a part of. I mean, it's a huge team of unbelievably talented, hardworking, dedicated people that get it. It's not just me. I'm like this much of it. I mean, who knew? Shit. Fucking cool, man. Totally cool. I'm so proud of it. So proud. So proud of what I've done and so proud of my decision and 
it did not come without some backlash, but hey, look at how far the world has come in six years, right? Oh my God, yes, it's crazy. For sure. It's crazy. I mean, I was just in Montana. Montana just went legal. And they're delicious, by the way. They're delicious. If you haven't tried Oh, I didn't even ask because I just assumed that was the case. No, they're really good. They're really good. They're different. They're low-dosed and they're micro-dosed and they have no terpenes. They're good. They're good for people that like are curious that want to start. Where do you go for education or inspiration? When you look to improve yourself or to educate yourself or inspire yourself, who do you look to in the industry or outside the industry? Well, I go where everybody else goes. I go to YouTube. well i mean a lot of it is is that you discover people through instagram i'm only interested in people that do artisan stuff and i'm only interested in people that are in the industry i know a lot of people in the industry so i know a lot of really good people and really talented people so pretty much i look to myself for inspiration a lot of it is through my brain and a lot of it is just like traveling and seeing what other people are doing I don't like to copy other people. I don't like to follow what other people are doing, but I do like to see other people that are like me and like-minded that like burnt edges on their food and don't like things that are so perfect and don't think that something has to look like a cookie cutter type of thing. So it's like anything that's not perfect. I always tell my staff, don't make it perfect. Please don't. I don't like perfect. I like messy. Like I said, I like stuff that have burnt edges. And so it's like, I'm super inspired by nature and by buildings and city and seasons, all that stuff. Like I'm very inspired by the simplicity of life. It's an industry podcast. And at the end of every episode, I like to give the guests an opportunity to speak directly to the audience. There are thousands of restaurant owners and operators that are looking to improve that are listening now. Do you have any advice or words of encouragement you'd like to offer? The best advice that I could give to someone that is like us is be unapologetically authentic and whatever that means. And if is your journey to figure out what that means for yourself and find it and just feel it for yourself. The noise in our industry is unnecessary and out of date, I think. And I think it's time for people like us to get back to the reason that we started this. And that is for the love of the industry and the love of our craft and you shouldn't have to explain yourself. That's Mindy Siegel. For more on her restaurant, go to mindysbakery.com. If you want to tell us your story, hear previous episodes, or check out our other content, go to restaurants.yelp.com forward slash full comp. Thank you so much for listening to the show. You can subscribe wherever you get your podcasts. While you're there, please leave us a review. A special thanks to Yelp for helping us spread the word to the whole hospitality community. I'm Josh Kopel. You've been listening to Full Comp.